How clean your bathroom is may now be what drives patients to you or away from you, thanks in part from a new rating system developed by the well-known Zagat Survey. Zagat has joined hands with WellPoint Insurance, so patients can now rate their doctors online. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. My guest today is Dr. Sam Nussbaum, Executive Vice President, Clinical Health Policy, and Chief Medical Officer for WellPoint Incorporated. Dr. Nussbaum, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be with you. Sam, a lot of doctors are pretty concerned about this and scared and hesitant and skeptical. Should they be all those? Why or why not? Larry, these are very legitimate concerns for physicians. Physicians, as you so well know, spend long years in training, and each of us wants to be an absolutely exceptional practitioner of care. So when we look at rating systems, we fear that our patients, that individuals may not understand fully the complexity of the decisions that we're making. I think it's important to distinguish, though, between looking at the quality of care that a physician delivers versus the perception of care that takes place, the quality of services that a physician's office provides. The Zagat survey work that we're doing at WellPoint in partnership with Zagat looks at the care experience through the eyes of the patient. And if we look at that care experience, I think that doctors and patients, all of us, have a lot to learn from what we can do better, how we can communicate better, how we can engage uh, patients better to learn about and ask appropriate questions about their care, how we can better make them partners in shared decision-making and care, and also how our office staff treat our patients. So we have to very carefully distinguish between the quality of care, if you're a surgeon, the technical quality of care, if you're an internist, the drugs that we use, the effectiveness of the drugs, the effectiveness of the preventive health interventions and the care management, and then balance that with what the experience is in the office. Well, that's the issue, is that trying to quantify or qualify this experience they have in your office is enormously subjective. Absolutely. And we recognize that, Larry, and Zagatz recognizes that. So what we have done is we have to look at this from a, a much broader perspective. And across the nation, using clinical performance measurements developed by organizations like the National Quality Forum, by organizations, professional organizations such as the American College of Cardiology or the Society of Thoracic Surgeons, that we will have very objective performance measures on the quality of care that a physician delivers. Now, that's not specifically what we're talking about because we have those measurements. Those are becoming increasingly available through a series of online capabilities, some through CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, others through health plans, others through professional organizations. What we're speaking about today is specifically the elements that Zagatz has come up with. And they're about trust, communication, availability, what the practice environment is. And when you actually look at those categories, trust is so important. It's the confidence in your physician's approach to your care, the recommendations that she or he is making to you. Communication really refers to broadly, what's a physician's bedside manner? Now, 
most often we don't experience at the bedside, we experience it in an outpatient ambulatory office environment. What's his or her responsiveness to you? Have they developed a rapport with you? And then availability. Think about in your own clinical practice, how important it is for patients to have access, whether it's making appointments, whether it's uh, telephone responsiveness, whether we respect the commitment that patients make to get to our office and the time that we spent with them directly. And the environment is really about the physician's office staff. You brought up bedside manner and trust. I know that medical schools now are, are spending more time teaching students bedside manner, but as someone once told me, it's, it's very hard for a five-foot person to play professional basketball in the NBA. So there are many students that just don't have the inherent inborn skills necessary, and they're going to be penalized now because they don't have this skill set. Sometimes it can't be learned. And we both agree that it's important as best we can in our medical training to at least understand why and how certain patients become more involved in their care. And I agree with you that not all of us can master these skills or we master them to different levels of capability, but it's important that we all be familiar with those skills. Now, in terms of, I agree with you in many ways, that some may not be as talented as others, but I think that our patients are pretty understanding and recognize that while they want someone with great empathy, While they want someone who will take the time to explain issues well to them, doctors can complement their office environment by having a very engaging nurse. As we know in diabetes care, that a lot of diabetes nurse educators play a very key role. So I think it's not only the doctor, but his or her entire office environment. And I would hope that patients continue to listen and learn from their primary care, principal care physicians. And if a physician is making a referral for surgery, then that patient knows that the physician is referring the patient to a skilled surgeon and what those surgeons' results may be. And in that domain, it's probably much more important, or it is much more important for that patient to know that the surgeon has a very expert technical skills and has good surgical results, probably even more important than an engaging bedside manner. What I find to be of concern, if there is one in this broad area, is the physician who's highly competent, highly dedicated, and yet because he or she does not have those specific attributes that they do not get graded highly. But it's our goal, I think, all of us to go beyond that. So this is a complement to the more objective ratings. For example, a cardiac surgeon, what his or her cardiac surgical mortality is, what their complication rate, what their infection rate is, what their ability to do exceptional surgery. That's the balance that we need to achieve. My guest today is Dr. Sam Nussbaum, Executive Vice President and Chief Medical Officer for WellPoint, Inc., and we're discussing the new rating system for physicians that WellPoint has partnered up with Zagat Surveys with. Sam, there's got to be a way to, to make this very objective and using different parameters besides just, oh, I really like the physician. He talked to me so well, and his front office staff was great. I mean, what about some concrete data like how many years the doctor's been in practice, his board certification, how many lawsuits he's had, if he's had any medical staff actions against him? These seem more easily to objectify. And those very objective measures exist for health plans today. So, for example, if you were to go to the a website of a health plan, a physician directory, all of those very important 
issues are outlined. Uh, board certification. In fact, most of us, most health plans require board certification to be in networks. Continuous medical education and continuous learning. We know how vital that is. And many of our organizations now look, for example, at a physician's involvement, for example, in board recertification. Years in training, where a physician has trained, the quality of the team that she or he has around him. All of those are objective measures, and we absolutely must start with those as foundational elements. As we get more and more data, performance measurement, for example, in diabetes care or in care, for example, your area of expertise in lipid management, we actually can have objective measurements. We can look and see how well people have intervened with preventive heart services or how well lipids are being managed or the, the types of therapies that are being used. Again, highly objective measures that there's absolute rigorous science around. When we get to this area of trust, communication, and office environment, by its very nature, we are declaring that these are subjective measures. But think about this, Larry, in many ways. If you or I were to move into a community, or our families were, how would we ourselves choose a physician? We would ask friends and neighbors what their care experience was. We wouldn't be asking what their surgical mortality was. We wouldn't be asking how well the physician can manage the most detailed measures of blood sugar control for diabetes, what that individual physician's patient's complication rates are. So I think this is just trying to take and put measurement around what we all do each day is to, by word of mouth, ask what the experience has been with a particular doctor. I listen to you and it sounds great as you, as you describe it, but I'm still afraid that one person will have the power to spread more information because they're going to be angrier than a happy customer and they'll go on and they will potentially sabotage my reputation. And so where is the oversight? And that is, in fact, the potential risk of these types of models. So let me share some of the oversight because I think we want to be responsible here. We want to be responsible. We want to provide a service to patients and also to physicians. So let's look at the first way we go about this is that we are not even going to publish a physician's results until we have approximately 10 reviews because that creates, we think, again, a more representative sequence of events. We are not, again, going to encourage basically a blog where people can debate the merits of behavior or not. I think that's not respectful of the professionalism of medicine. So what we really are working to do is to try to use a statistical approach to make this valid. Now, here's another point is, you know, our early results are that 88% of the reviews that we receive are positive and recommend the physician. So I believe that you're seeing in those early results that patients want to use this as a tool to represent how effective their care has been and pinpoint some opportunities for improvement. And we know they're always there in running an office practice. Can a doctor game the system? Can he have 10 patients go on and say glowing things about him if he asks them to do that? That could occur. It would not be possible for the very same person to sign on as 10 patients. But what could happen 
is a sort of a stacking of the court. That could certainly happen. What we're asking the patients to do is to represent to Zagats that, in fact, they have seen the doctor for a visit and that this is a their honest response in terms of what the experience was like. But that could occur, as I imagine it could occur in any rating system, correct, whether you're rating restaurants, hotels, or anything that, that is a subjective rating. In this situation, it is not done with that type of statistical approach. Dr. Sam Nussbaum, we're out of time, but thank you very much for talking with me today. Thank you. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD. To comment or listen to our full library of on-demand podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com. And if you register with the promo code RADIO, we'll give you six months free streaming ReachMD. You can listen to day or night. And thank you for listening.